Hello and welcome to the Baseball Wisconsin podcast. I am your host, Tim Gotzler. Today takes us into the third inning of third inning of game five, where we sit down with John Hamilton. Now, if you've been around baseball in Wisconsin and had anything to do with the WBCA, you know John. Okay, um, just in the last week, he uh, finished his term as WBCA president, ending his two-year term. Um, and also, in 2023 here, was just inducted into the WBCA Hall of Fame. Uh, an incredible honor and, and joins one of the strongest classes the association's ever seen at the Hall of Fame. Um, just looking at his career, um, head baseball coach at Westby, um, an incredible record, you know, 397 and 202, um, eight conference championships, um, two trips to Appleton, and you know, state runner-ups in both 97 and 13, um, really active in their Legion program, and in today's episode, you're gonna hear all of it. Um, his path, um, it gives a very unique perspective, you know, based on size of school, location of the state, um, and just his time in the association and all the changes that have happened Again, during his time on the executive board and, and just being um, the, the president as well. And just could not be happier to have him on um, live from his classroom, just like me, which, which I love. You know, a bunch of teachers um, getting together on, on Zoom here. Uh, but anyways, and then, you know, culminated in his the uh, WBCA clinic, which, which we had last weekend in Madison. Great turnout, um, great speakers, you know, even better brotherhood to see a lot of you guys and and I appreciate some of you came up to me and said, hey, I listen, and thanks for the great work. And, you know, it's really helpful because I love doing the episodes. I'm going to continue to do it for a long time. And it's only possible because you guys listen and you guys care and um, really do appreciate that. So, anyways, without further ado, head baseball coach at Westby High School and 2023 WBCA Hall of Famer, John Hamilton. Hey, Coach, how you doing today? Great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Well, hey, um, just have the listeners get to know you a little bit. Uh, you know, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Kind of walk us through your, your playing career a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I grew up in a, a small town of Lafarge, a town of about 700 people where it's uh, kind of the southwest side of Wisconsin. I'm about uh, 35 miles uh, from La Crosse. 10 miles from Barocqua, if that, that helps you geographically. Um, but yeah, I went elementary school all the way up through high school in Lafarge. Um, from there, I went on to, to college at UW-La Crosse from 89 to 94. And, and from there, I uh, actually student taught uh, in Westby, which is where I'm, I'm currently at. And student taught for what was my high school basketball coach in Lafarge. Um, actually, after I graduated high school, um, he had moved to Westby, which was his hometown, and uh, was doing some coaching and teaching, and he worked it out so that I could do my student teaching experience in his classroom in fifth grade, and I got hired uh, that summer, and, uh, and you know, as they say, I guess the rest is history. I've been here for, this will be year 30 um, in Westby in the middle school. Um, you know, as far as a player, um, you know, I, I guess I was just kind of your typical small town, three sport athlete, uh, played baseball and basketball and football. Um, and uh, after high school, I went on to, to UWL and I was fortunate enough to make the team um, and, and played four years at lacrosse. I pitched a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, from there I was, got into my coaching. Uh, I 
took the, the started my job here in Westby in in '94. Um, served as an assistant uh, varsity coach for my first three years here. Uh, I came on with uh, Roger Matheson, uh, was the head coach at the time, and uh, he asked me to be an assistant, and I did that. And then in '97. Uh, which was my first year as uh, the head coach. Uh, we actually just flipped uh, positions and he, I took over the head coach and he became the assistant, uh, which kind of unique um, experience. And the, and the reason is, you know, Roger's not a, an on staff. He's a community member and a great baseball guy uh, who learned and brought a lot of Ken Trot stuff in. Um, but just the logistics of the head coaching part and the, the benefits of being in the school and on staff and being able to do some of the administrative things. Um, it, was, it was kind of a, a seamless transition. And uh, so we coached together for, for 20 plus years as he stayed on as my assistant. But yeah, so I took over as head coach in 97. And, um, you know, this will be year 27 for me in the spring. Uh, also, uh, I'm the Legion coach, so I, I do them both. I took that over, um, you know, just before 2010. So I've been doing that for, for a number of years as well. Um, but yeah, that kind of, I guess, takes through my, you know, growing up in Lafarge and uh, to lacrosse to Westby, and it's all in about a 50-mile radius. I love that. Well, before, I, I do want to spend most of the time on your coaching career, but I do want to dig back into you as a player. Mention that you pitched, you know, UWL, um, you know, I, I asked this question to a lot of guests, but like, do you think you as a player has translated to your style as a coach? And maybe if you kind of give us a scouting report on who you were as a player, you know, what type of pitcher were you? Or if you can think about a contemporary pitcher, how would you compare yourself just in maybe stuff or mentality or approach? Sure. You know, um, I definitely think my, um, my experiences as a player and, and my approach play into my coaching you know one I'll be the first to admit I was a very average very average mediocre college baseball player um, I, was, I was I think uh, an, an above average um, small high school player and I had success in, in Lafarge and um, but you know at the college level I was very very average you know not a, a star by any stretch of the imagination and um, and it was one of those I, I had a fastball of about probably 83 miles an hour and, you know, I had to be crafty and I had to learn how to pitch. And, um, I, you know, I guess one you, you always look to kind of a similar style, of, you know, like a, a Greg Maddox type of just having to find ways to, to get outs and, and mix pitches and stuff. And I, I think the fact that um, I, I had to work hard for everything I got um, definitely has helped me in my coaching perspective. Um, because I, I realize how hard it is to be good. I mean, I realize how hard it is to be mediocre because that's kind of what, what I was. And um, I guess to know that and for it to not come easy, it helps me maybe relate to some of the high school kids because, you know, the, the truth is we, we don't, you know, the, the, the D1 college players and the, the professional guys are few and far between, you know, and don't get me wrong, Wisconsin is in a great place, man. We've got some great talent, but um, those are still special qualities and, and it's hard to, to come in with that skill set already in place. Um, so I, I, I just think it's helped me understand the, the, the challenges. Um, and it, I think it's helped make me a better communicator with some of my players, getting them to understand things and getting them to understand what it's going to take. Um, because I had to work that hard. Um, I wasn't the guy that could just, you know, pick up the ball and, and throw it 93 miles an hour. You know, it's, 
um, finding ways to be creative and, and work hard to find success. Well, you, you know, that obviously got you, you know, onto the diamond as a coach. Uh, but you also mentioned that, you know, you got an education right away. And I can, we got two guys recording from their classrooms right now. So I love the resourcefulness um, and, using, and using what we have. But maybe answer this question for me. How does your role as a teacher, um, you know, impact you as a coach? Because, you know, we, we're in this time where less and less coaches are in schools, less and less educators. But there's still a group of us that are in the schools in a large district, small district. So how does your role as a teacher impact you as a head varsity coach? You know, I, I, I think, you know, I, I think it's probably my biggest strength. Um, and and I, I, I think it's helped me tremendously just being a, a, a teacher. Um, you know, as when you're in the education system, you, you, you know, you, you start to learn and, and understand and appreciate the diversity and the uniqueness of, of all of the, you know, not, not just kids, but adults. We're all different and unique learners. Um, and I, I think experiencing that in the classroom um, has allowed me to become a better coach and, and realize, you know, this isn't uh, a cookie cutter type of thing. You know, e each player that you have, um, you know, responds in different ways. And you have to be creative and adapt and, and find new ways to teach the same things. And, um, you know, that's something we all do in the classroom. You know, you have a classroom of, of 23 kids and, and each of them have unique learning styles. And I don't, that's no, no different than what you experience on, on a baseball field or football field or wherever. It's finding ways to communicate and, and to be able to fill your toolbox. Um, and, I, I, you know, and, and being around other educators and seeing different ways that, that they can, can get things out of, you know, their students or their athletes. Um, yeah, so I undoubtedly, um, definitely one, one of the things I think that has allowed me to, to keep doing this for, for so long and, and to have what I think run a, a successful program is I, I think I'm able to connect with kids and communicate, uh, which is so important. And um, a, as a teacher, I definitely apply a lot of the things that, uh, that I do and have learned in the classroom um, on the baseball field. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned that, you know, coaching high school for this long at Westby, taking over the Legion program in 2010. Maybe give us a little bit more of a, a flyover view of, of what is the baseball situation in Westby? Like how, how many kids come out um, for tryouts? Do you carry two, th two teams? Um, you know, is there summer options uh, instead uh, on top of Legion? What does youth baseball look like? Kind of give us that flyover view of, of baseball in Westby. Sure. You know, I mean, Westby is definitely your, I think your classic traditional, um, small town uh, baseball atmosphere. You know, we, uh, as far as our spring high school season, um, you know, we, we're a school of, I think we're 308, I think is our enrollment this year. So we've went down from where I began when I first came to Westby, we were about 400. Um, and we've, we've slowly dipped a little bit, I think, which is kind of a pattern that we, we all see some declining enrollment, but um, you know, for, for the longest time, you know, we, when I was, first starting out, you know, when we were in the, the late 90s and 2000s, we were getting, um, you know, 40 to 50 kids out, um, which is which is really good for our, you know, enrollment size. And, uh, you know, we ran three teams and we had three full teams, you know, when you're looking at 40 plus guys, that's, that's three full squads for sure. Um, but, you know, as the enrollment has dropped, um, participation has dropped a little bit. Um, 
And, and I would say right now, we're kind of at a point where we're probably the lowest. Um, you know, I'm expecting somewhere between 26 to 30 guys coming out this year. Um, and with that, we've, we've kind of scaled back to, to two full teams. Um, you know, depending on our numbers, you know, if that number bumps up over 30 much, we might look at, at going to three or, or even kind of a hybrid schedule of, of, you know, playing some, some, you know, JV games and then maybe finding some extra games for, uh, like a C team, just to make sure our kids are getting an opportunity to play. Um, yeah. So like I said, we're, we're kind of that upper twenties to thirties. Um, but then I look at our, our program coming up, we've got, we're fortunate. We have a, um, seventh and eighth grade baseball uh, in school, which is nice. Uh, there's not a lot of schools around us that have that. Um, and I think that's helped us keep up some participation and looking at some of those numbers. Um, I, I think our numbers will go back up a little bit because we got some pretty healthy um, classes um, as, as far as baseball participation numbers go there. Um, as far as the summer, um, you know, we are a pretty strong traditional Legion team. Um, you know, you know, we don't have a lot of travel ball, honestly, in this area, you know, it, it, a little bit in, in lacrosse, but it's not much, to be honest. And, you know, if you look in our region, it's, it's a very strong and probably the strongest um, area for, for Legion and the number of teams. And, uh, yeah, all, pretty much all of our kids go right from, from high school into Legion. Um, we don't have kids that are, that are going off and, and playing in any of the travel ball. Um, which is fortunate for us, you know, because we need all the kids that, that we can get, you know, to maintain our programs. And, and we have two summer teams. We have a junior legion and a, a varsity legion. And we're able to field those. Um, we have taken on and uh, brought in some, some of the Cashton players. Cashton's just about seven miles away from us. And they have, um, don't have the same legion opportunities. So they, they, some of their kids will come over and play for us um, occasionally. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's, you know, the, the youth stuff beyond that, um, it's, it's just your, you know, we have our, um, you know, Westby school district is made up of, of three towns, Westby being the primary town, you know, we're a, a town of, you know, north of 2000, but then we also have Coon Valley, um, which is a smaller town of about 800 and then Chaseburg, which is an even smaller community. Um, so geographically, we have a, a large school district, you know, population-wise and as much because two of those towns are relatively small. Um, but we actually have little league programs in, in Westby and Coon Valley actually has their own team too. And that, it wasn't all that long ago, Chaseburg had one. So we actually had kids from our school district, three teams playing in the summer at ages, you know, from eight and under all the way up to 14U. So um, again, Part of it, just the, the drop in, in population enrollment a little bit has um, had us consolidate. And like I said, the Chaseburg um, players usually will go over to, uh, to, to Coon Valley and play now, but we, yeah, we still have two teams. And then we, we play in a league with surrounding teams like Cashton and Lafarge and Viroqua. Um, and one thing that has kind of picked up um, a little bit more recently is, you know, this, that's a, a, a obviously a local league that we have for those younger kids, but they will, now we've had some parents take on and start traveling a little bit, kind of doing a, a tournament team in a sense. A lot of the same kids, it's not necessarily a lot of tryouts and stuff just because the numbers aren't real huge, but 
Um, and they started going to some local tournaments and, and kind of getting outside of our area. Um, and it's good. It's been good for the kids, I think, to, to experience a little bit outside of just kind of our little um, space here in, in West Central Wisconsin. But um, yeah, kind of just your classic, typical small town you know, baseball from, from top to bottom. Well, I mean, you know, as someone on the other end of this, on this conversation, I mean, you got a lot going on, right? Like I got to imagine your schedule is just absolutely packed. President of our association, which I want to touch on a little bit more later, the Legion, teaching in the classroom. But like you mentioned before, you've been able to sustain pretty consistent success at Westby. So as you've, you know, maybe step out of it for a second and analyze the program, like what do you think have been some of the keys to success at Westby baseball and maybe think about it is like, what would be your advice to coaches that are maybe just getting started or that are in a similar situation, similar enrollment, small town, America, baseball, or a one high school town or for anybody. So as you look at, you know, Westby baseball success over the years, how would you maybe some pillars of that? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and you had mentioned it, um, consistency. You know, I, I mean, I think one of the things that I, I'm most proud of our program is um, we have been able to maintain a consistent coaching staff. Um, you know, you know, not to mention we had a little bit of turnover, but um, you know, you look around and you talk to other coaches, and it's you know, new coaches here, new assistants, new JVs. You know, the coaching turnover is incredible, and uh, one of the things that we have been able to do um, is is maintain a consistent coaching staff. And uh, that has helped so much because it just, it, it provides consistency throughout your program. And it, you know, the, the message is consistent. Um, you know, your goals are consistent. You're all working, you know, in, in a common way, using co even common terminology, all of those things. It's, you truly build a program. And, you know, and going along with that consistency is, you know, I, I would say you gotta be involved. You know, you, you've got to get out and you've got to, you got to be involved now. You know, I, I'm, I'm involved in, and I work with and talk to my middle school coaches. Um, I, um, on two different occasions, I've stepped in and, and been the summer baseball coordinator um, and, and actually hired and worked with those coaches when, when the city of Westby has needed it. Um, but even, even if I'm not um, the director um, I'm still involved in it and I'm talking to those coaches. And I think, you know, even though they're not, you know, typically associated with school, um, they're the kids that are part of our program. And I think you have to look at it as a true program, not just, hey, I'm the coach of the varsity baseball team. Um, because we all know if you want to have success, that's got to start at a young age. And, and I think just a nice, strong, consistent message from top to bottom. Uh, is so important. And, and I've had great, wonderful assistance. Um, you know, any coach trying to build a program, I mean, surround yourself with good people that have the same values um, and same commitment that you will. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, you can, you can build great programs, whether you're a, a, you know, a town of 300 or, or a town of 50,000. Appreciate you sharing that. I mean, so I'm going to ask you a little bit, um, kick some humility out the door a little bit. I, I want to ask you, so you're, you, you're someone who studies leadership. You study what successful people do, successful educators, successful coaches. You're just down in Nashville at the ABCA, obviously as part of our state association, you seem like that guy that's a, a constant learner. Well, like how would you, 
identify your strengths as a leader. Cause all this stuff doesn't happen on accident. I know it takes a village. It takes everybody, you know, putting all hands on deck, but at the end of the day, like what would you diagnose and identify as some of your strengths as a leader? Um, one goes back to our teaching conversation. I mean, I, I feel like I'm a teacher of the game. I, I, I've been fortunate enough to be able to communicate um, with, with players and, and get them to respond. And, you know, I, I don't know what it, what it is necessarily, but I, you know, it, it's things that uh, other coaches that I, my assistants have come to me with and, and even players have, have, have said uh, and commented on uh, how they appreciated my ability to communicate with them and, and to motivate them, you know, and, and, you know, I, all the time I get guys are like, Oh, do you remember the, the, the speech you gave us before this game and this game, you know, and I, you know, sometimes you give those speeches and it's just, it's off the cuff and it's, you know, it comes from the heart. And, um, a lot of times I'm, as soon as I got done saying it, I couldn't even tell you some of the stuff I said, but they're true, genuine feelings. And, and, and I, I think that's definitely one of my strengths is my ability to, to, to communicate with kids. Um, I've, like I said, I've worked so hard to, fill that toolbox uh, to, to be able to reach those kids in, in different, unique and, and um, effective ways. And, um, and being able to motivate kids because that, that's such a key is, you know, you're dealing with 16, 17, 18 year old kids who've got a lot going on in their life. There are a lot of distractions. And, uh, you know, there's days where you can tell, you know, it's been a rough day and, you know, whether it's, it's things going on at home or, things with, uh, in, in the classroom and whatever. And, and, and it's tough for them to be there. And, and then you, you got to find ways to reach those kids and, and let them know they're in a safe place and, um, to get some motivation. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's really it. The, the other thing is, I think one thing that's helped me and is one of my strengths is I'm a pretty patient person. Um, you know, as you, you work with, you know, young student athletes, you're going to, they're going to make mistakes and, and you got to be patient and you got to see them through. And, um, yeah, those, those are definitely things that I, I think are, are my strengths is just being able to, to teach, um, using my, my time in the classroom and what I've learned as an educator. Um, and, and I guess just being able to, to find ways to, to push buttons with, with kids to, to get them to believe in themselves. Cause I think that is so important. Um, you know, you, you know, you said being a, a learner of the game, and it is so important. I mean, anybody that knows me, um, I'm about as quiet of a person as you're going to find. I've, I'm not a, a big social guy. Um, I know some people might see it, perceive me as being not social. Well, you know, I, I'm a listener. You know, I, I'm always listening. I'm always involved. Um, and I'm not going to be the loudest guy in the room, And but it doesn't mean I'm not there and not paying attention. And, and I think those qualities have helped me. I think they've helped me in my position on in, in the WBCA um, because you got to listen, you know, we're, we have a membership of 700 people and uh, you know, we have a lot of issues and a lot of things going on. And I, I think being a good listener, I think being able to, to communicate um, in different ways on different levels and uh, just being able to, to find ways to motivate kids um, and, and provide a good positive experience for them. Just, I love the analogy. You've used it a couple of times about you know building your toolbox. And you know, there's there's coaches out there that 
they have a Hall of Fame career like you like you have. They've had all the success, and they think they got it figured out. And not that you're unsure of what you're doing. I'm sure there's things that you teach, things that you believe in that are just unwavering. But it seems to me like that lifelong learning hat is constantly on. Again, you're listening, you're observing, you're taking in information. How do you get your fix? Like, what do you? Where do you go for professional development on the baseball side? Um, is it relationships? Is it clinics? Are you a reader? Are you a listener? What you know? What? How do you, um, you know, fill that void? Uh, yes, <laughs> all the things you just said, and, and and that's what I think is so important. You know, um, you know, clinics are are amazing. You know, we are uh, with the WBCA. We have a fantastic clinic, and um, you know, it, until you talk to other people and, and find out what they have, I mean, you, you continue to develop an appreciation for. Uh, what a great opportunity we have with our clinic. You know, Mark Fuller does a tremendous job every year pulling in great speakers. Um, and it's, it's such a valuable resource that we have. And it's one that that I take advantage of and um, look forward to talking to, you know, not only the speakers, but also the opportunity at our clinic um, to connect with coaches. I mean, you know, yeah, you have your clinic and you listen, you go to your sessions and you listen to speakers. But then you walk out in the hall and another clinic breaks out with three coaches talking there. Um, you know, and so the networking, you know, that we have some amazing coaches in Wisconsin that have so much to offer. And what I love is everybody's willing to share, you know, because we're, we're all in this for the same purpose of trying to build baseball programs, make baseball better and provide a great experience for our student athletes. And, um, you know, going to the ABCA, um, something that I've done um, about the last six years um, I, is when I really started going and I wish I had started that so much sooner because what an what a awesome clinic. I mean, we were just down in Nashville, 8,000 coaches, um, fantastic speakers. Um, but then again, you know, from that, you, you have those sessions, which, you know, you go into any clinic and it's all relative to your situation. And, um, you know, but you, you go in with the goal of, hey, you know, can I pick out you know, two or three things out of this that, that I can apply and use. Um, and, and I think both organizations, WBCA and ABCA do a great job of getting guys and directing them to, Hey, you know, try to get things that relate to all levels. Um, you know, you know, sure division one college coaches can come in and they can rattle off all this stuff. You know, how can I apply that to Westby, Wisconsin? Um, but I think, you know, the coaches conscientiously do that. I think, you know, they, they try to find things that, that each of us can take little bits away from. So, so those definitely, the, the two clinics are great opportunities. Um, networking, you know, my role within the, the WBCA has allowed me to meet so many people and uh, have so many great conversations that I've learned so much from. Um, and, you know, not having that super outgoing personality where I'm not going to just go up and start asking questions to a random guy, you know, I've I've made connections through my role um, and uh, it's taken me out of my comfort zone a little bit, um, but in a great way. And, but it's made, allowed me to make connections with more and more coaches um, and you just learn from them. Um, and, you know, another great resource for me is, is the stuff online. Um, you know, you, YouTube and stuff, I'm, I'm constantly on there. You know, you, you go and you watch a, a you know, Trotsky and Mongero always put out great stuff. You know, they were at the clinic last year, but uh, they got great resources online. And that, that's just to name a couple. Um, and uh, yeah, you just, you have so many things there um, and you take advantage of all of them. 
and and really I do. And like I said, I told you, I'm, I'm not a big talker. I'm more of a listener. And um, but I do. I, I love to listen. I love to to sneak in on conversations where people are talking stuff. And you know, I, I referred to it um, earlier. You know, we were at just down in in Nashville at the ABCA, and we we always have a Wisconsin social. Um, and it's, we just find a place where we invite all the Wisconsin coaches who are attending the national clinic and we get together um, usually the Saturday night of the, of the clinic. And we, we did that down in Nashville. And, you know, all of a sudden I've got um, John Bodenlich from Whitewater and Ryan McGinnis getting into a conversation. And all of a sudden you've got 10 coaches listening to two of the greatest coaches in our, our state. I mean, you had a clinic breakout in the middle of our social, you know, and you're, you're picking up things all the time. So yeah, it's, it's everywhere. You know, you, you just gotta, you know, make an, an effort to, to, to get out there, but it's, it's, it doesn't even have to be much in an effort because there's so many places to find good quality um, instruction and great resources. Like I said, online at the different national clinics and just having conversations, you know, like we're doing here, um, you know, phone calls that I have with other coaches around um, you know, you take advantage of, of everything. You know, I talk about, um, you know, local coaches and networking. Like I, I've mentioned a couple of times, Ryan McGinnis, who I, I think is a fantastic job at, at Kimberly. And um, I mean, there was, this has probably been, I don't know, five, six years ago. I can't remember exactly, but I'm like, hey, I got spring break. Um, are you running practice over spring break? I, and he's like, come on up. I went, he let me come up to his practice. I sat and watched the whole day of practice. And, um, and that's what I love. I mean, you got, we got great people around us who are willing to share and um, we, we're kind of all in this together. And I, I love that kind of family feeling for sure. I appreciate that. Well, I mean, this, this year's 2023 WBCA clinic is a pretty special one for you. So um, you go into the hall of fame, First of all, congratulations, John. That's, that's unbelievable. You know, so I'm excited to hear um, your Hall of Fame weekend, your Hall of Fame speech on Saturday, but also it's, it's your um, last clinic um, as a WBCA president and all the, the hours and the, the years that you put into to that organization. And I know that you will moving forward. So maybe I'll start here. Like, what does the WBCA Hall of Fame mean to you when you sit back and think about taking that call, having those conversations, reflecting on you know, you're still active career, but what does the hall of fame mean to you? I mean, it, it, it is undoubtedly the, the most humbling um, experience I've had, um, you know, unexpected. I mean, it, there aren't any of us that, that go in to coaching high school baseball saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to go be a hall of fame baseball coach. Um, you know, we go in it to, to make a difference in the lives of, of, of student athletes and, and to, to share our passion for the game. Um, and, uh, you know, to, to be recognized by your peers, um, to me truly is, is, is the greatest reward. Um, you know, to, to, to have the, the caliber of people that we have that make the decisions and, and, and look at, you know, who deserves there and for, for a group of guys that I, that I know that hall of fame committee, I mean, there's some of the greatest coaches come through our state and for, for them to look and, and to, to recognize and, and feel that you belong and that, that you've done a body of work that is reward is deserving of that is it, it's so humbling and, and so grateful. 
Um, you know, I um, found out my the, the two coaches that nominated me were um, Joe Bitsinda and Pete Swanson. I mean, wow. I mean, you, you talk, you know, Joe Bitsinda's got, I don't know, has he had 700 wins yet? I mean, he's incredible. You know, Pete Swanson. Uh, Pete Swanson, I, I actually played Legion baseball for, for Pete one summer. And uh, now he's one of my best friends. He lives six miles down the road and, you know, coaches a team that we compete with and have a, a, a healthy rivalry with. Um, but for guys like that to recognize um, and, and feel like, you you know, you deserve this this type of honor is it's, it's, it's beyond words, to be honest with you. And I talked to my brother when I shared with him um, that I was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And we just talked about, you know, how do you get here? You know, I, I think as a coach, the one thing I realized through this whole process that I, I really haven't done much of, but wish I had and probably will here forward, is reflect. You know, I, I haven't really sat back and reflected on what we've done here and what we've been able to build and what we've been able to accomplish. Um, because, you know, we're always on to, you know, what's next? You know, you're, you're getting ready for the next practice. You're getting ready for the next game. You're getting ready for the next season. Um, and, and you just almost don't have time to reflect on and appreciate kind of the journey. And uh, that's one thing that this whole experience has allowed me to do. You know, I've connected with and talked with some people that, you know, from my past that um, have reached out to me and then the conversations that come up. And um, yeah, that's, it's, it's been so super special, um, you know, and to have these people, other people reach out and um, in, in the, the congratulations and stuff and just to reconnect with people I haven't talked to in, 20 years. I mean, we, we go to the, I know at the banquet, my, my wife just told me the other day that it's like, Oh, I got an email from a couple people want tickets to come to the banquet, a, a Roger and Becky hooker. And I just about fell off my chair. I mean, my high school baseball coach who I haven't talked to, I mean, Lafarge isn't far from me. It's 20 minutes, but, and I've seen him and talked to him a little bit, but um, yeah, it's just, it's just so special. You said from the, the colleagues that you coach with um, to, to being able to, to reflect on and appreciate some of the things you have done. I've, that's, that's probably been some of the greatest parts of, of going through this experience over the last couple months. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to stay there for a little bit. Um, I think, you know, as you were saying that I think about the, the rat race that is our lives as coaches and teachers and husbands and all the things that we do. So, now you've had a chance to reflect on it a lot. I, like, give us some, like, how do you manage it all? How do you, how do you be so many things in the same 24 hours that everybody else has? You know, how do, how do you work through that stuff? You know, if, with, with your family, your job, I mean, share some strategies with us that you've used over the years. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to say they're great strategies because it's a, it's a work in progress for sure. Um, you know, I mean, obviously none of this is possible without having tremendous support at home. Um, and it, it is chaos. I'm, I'm not, it's, and I, we try to hope it's somewhat controlled chaos. You know, I've got a, got an eighth grade daughter and a fifth grade son at home and, um, you know, and, and balancing it is tough. And I'll be the first to admit, I'm not always great at it. 
Um, you know, my, my wife is tremendous, um, you know, but she has her own things. I mean, she's a high school physics and biology teacher and runs a dance studio, you know, and, you know, so we're, we're burning the, burning the, the candle at both ends for sure. But, um, you know, it's, it, it's just finding time. It's, it's time management is, is so important in trying to find ways to organize. And it, it's unique for every one of us because each of our situations are a little bit different. Um, you know, and, and you can't lose track of the family component, you know, and, and like I said, I'm far from perfect at it. And I look at myself and there's days where I'm like, gosh, I, I need to do better. Um, but it, it, it ends up being a lot of late nights, you know, undoubtedly, um, you know, the kids go to bed and then all of a sudden my brain fires up and gets going and, you know, you're, you're working on stuff. I, a lot of my WBCA work, I mean, it, it happens in the wee hours of the, the, the morning sometimes, um, but, it, but it's worth it. You know, I mean, I, I think the reward in, in making a difference, you know, within our organization and making a difference for uh, providing a great experience for your, your student athletes and your coaches and the you know, people in your life, it's, it's, it's worth it. Um, not easy work. Um, and like I said, I don't, I don't know that I have the, the great answer, but it's, um, it's, it's being able to be flexible um, and uh, also making sure that you do take time away. Um, again, I, we all say that and we all often never do it enough, but um, yeah, build, building that time, but time management, it's just, you, you gotta kind of lay out your plan and, and what I need to get done by this time and set some goals just within that um, have helped me definitely um, as far as balancing all of it, because it does get to be a lot and it can definitely be overwhelming. And I think that's part of the reason that, that we get coaching turnover is, is the challenges. It's hard. It's hard. You know, good work is hard work and um, it's going to take sacrifices. And, um, but, you know, if you, if you do it right and you are able to experience the rewards and, and see the benefits that you get, um, yeah, you realize that it's all worth it. Yeah. And you absolutely answered that question. I mean, I, you know, in recording these podcasts, when they get released, you know, I, I get the random message from, from people I know that listen, if it's an email or a text and a lot of it's information like that is, you know, at, sure. That's a hitting drill or an infield drill or how they run the youth program, but it's also that time management piece. It's guys that have young children or that are working other jobs or trying to balance it all. So, so I really do appreciate that, but you said something that I wanted to, to kind of lean in a little bit more was around like what keeps the fire going for you right you you've done all this you know your, your time as wbca president's coming to an end here which we're going to talk about a little bit later but like what keeps the fire going for you every year to 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 keep this train rolling in the direction it is it's it's the kids it's the players you know i i i'm fortunate and i'm sure we all feel like you know this within our own but i i i i have so much support, but I, from the community and from my family and all of that is great, but it's, it's seeing the experiences and the, the joy and fun that our players have, um, you know, to, to see them um, have success um, is, is priceless. And it just motivates me more and more to, to keep going and feel like we're doing a pretty good job. Um, you know, we, we take pride in kind of the way we do it, but, um, 
you know, the fact that we have kids coming out and, and our, our numbers are solid for a school our size. And, uh, you know, and historically we've been that and, and, and the feedback that you get from former players is also very motivating. Um, you know, to, to hear um, guys that are, you know, starting their families and stuff now and you have conversations and they, um, they talk about how much they appreciate it and, and love their time. Um, obviously that's a motivating factor for sure. Um, but, you know, to, to be able to have kids come in and to, to work hard and respond for you and, and to, to experience success and to, to see the, the joy and, and satisfaction that it brings them. I mean, that's, that's really what it, what it's all about. It's because that's why we do it. I mean, I, we do it for, for the kids. We do it for our student athletes and, uh, as long as I feel like I can connect with them and that I can make a difference. Um, yeah, I, I hope to keep rolling here for a while. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's all about the kids for sure. You've mentioned so many times that the relationships and how important that is. And, uh, you know, I, you've climbed the, the WBCA ladder up to the presidency and I, <laughs> it's not the corporate ladder. I mean, it's a different type of structure, but you've put all those years in, you've made your way through. Um, and throughout your time as president, we've seen a tremendous amount of changes. So I'd like for you just to kind of lay out, um, you know, membership is 700 coaches. Your time ends here um, as president here in February at the clinic. As you think about your time as president or on the executive board and your role in the WBCA, Maybe walk us through some of the changes that are happening, even just in 2023 or in the last couple of years. And, you know, what, what should coaches get excited about in, re in regards to the association and the, and the WIA? Yeah, you know, we, we've definitely had some great changes over the last few years, not all under, under my presidency. You know, we've, we've seen so much from not that long ago, you know, consolidating into one season, um, you know, and then we had the pitch count and, you know, and, and I came in and I thought, man, you know, you know, Chad Montez implemented the pitch count, you know, and we had the transition to summer. I'm like, there can't be much more left. This is going to be probably kind of a gravy couple of years, right? And um, that's never the case. And, and you don't want it to be. I mean, you, you, you want to get out and get, make a difference. And you're always working and looking to improve the game. Um, you know, and, and we've been so fortunate to to, to work with the WIA the last, this last couple of years, Mel Dow, um, as he came in and is now our, our, our baseball guy. And um, we have a great relationship and we communicated right from the start. Um, and, you know, you look at big changes that we have this year um, and it's a pretty big one. It's one that um, addresses some of the concerns that our um, high school coaches have had for a while is the new state tournament format. You know, we're, we're transitioning from that three-day format to uh, a four-day format. And it, it, it's such a nice, clean schedule. You're going to see four days of, of great baseball, but it's going to be just four games a day. You know, the, the three-day format was, was tough. It, it put some, some definite um, teams in some definite bad situations and difficult situations anyway. With, uh, we were always starting games at 8 in the morning. And, and I don't know how many years, most years, we were finishing games, kids were on the field after midnight. And, uh, you know, that's not really what I think the state tournament is about. I don't think that's what any of us envision or want, uh, want it to be. And uh, so we've 
talked about and tried to find ways of how can we improve this and and make that experience better for those teams because it's the pinnacle I mean it's it's so hard to get there and it's such a great thing to accomplish and for a high school kid to experience you want it to you want to provide the best experience possible and um, I, I think our new format of four games in a, a day over four days um, helps us with that I mean I think I think we're already starting at 10 a.m and last games at six and I, it's just a nice clean format it allows us um, a little cushion if we do get some weather related issues that we can push things back um, or even if we have to move a game back a day or so um, but yeah that's definitely that was the big one that, that we had coming down and, and we've had tremendous support from the WIA tremendous support from our membership uh, so that's definitely one that, that we're proud of that we think has made a big difference and it improved our game and improved that that experience. Um, you know, other smaller changes. Um, I know uh, this doesn't apply to Division One because Division One is kind of its own animal as far as the seating and so forth. But Division Two through Four this year, we are moving to the seating of half sectionals. You know, in the past, you know, we've done this. We've seated um, the basically the smaller um, regionals within a sectional, and uh, and I think that was largely driven due to to geography. Uh, trying to to not uh, have too much travel in those early first rounds, um, but I, I think um, as we looked at it, and I got feedback from our membership, and we talked, there was there's just a lot of people that wanted to to look at um, expanding that, and let's let's make the let's seed out the whole half sectional um, because you know yeah it's going to increase some travel, um, but it's going to it's going to create a better baseball tournament. Um, it's going to pre it's going to in theoretically get your best teams to the sectionals. Um, you know, you hear stories of, you know, you got, you know, this regional over here and they're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're top C the, the best record they have. And they are, they're at maybe a game over 500. And then uh, you got a regional next door and you've got, you know, four, four of the six teams are, have, 17 or more wins and and yeah so I, I think it's it's just about um, trying to ensure and give those those reward those teams that have had great years and, and try to get your best teams further along in the tournament and um, again sacrifice will be some travel um, and, and it is baseball I mean there's no guarantee with that and that's the great thing about baseball is anybody can beat anybody on a, on a given day um, but yeah, those those are, are two of the the key things I think that are are definitely new to this year uh, that we're that we're looking forward to. Um, you know, down the road, I mean, there's there's always going to be be issues to come up and and so forth. I know there's conversations on um, five divisions, um, and you know, the five division conversation is a tricky one. It's a tough one. Um, you know. I, I hear a lot of, well, you know, softball's got five divisions, you know, why can't we have five divisions and, um, you know, and it definitely has some pluses, but, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's a conversation that we need to hear both sides. And, and ultimately, you know, when we look at those things, we've got to make sure that, you know, are we looking at it from a lens that what's best for baseball in the state? Not, not always what's just best for baseball for the Westby Norseman, you know, you know, you, we got to look outside just of ourselves. I mean, obviously we have to be advocates for our own programs, 
but we also have to be advocates for the game um, and make sure that any changes are good for the game of baseball, not just things that are going to benefit us. And, um, you know, five divisions is it's, that's a conversation that's going to be around and, and I don't have the answer to it right now. Um, but uh, I, I think it's probably one that will, will continue to be there. And um, I, I think if it ends up finding a way that it's what's best for baseball here, um, we'll get behind it. Um, but I, but I, like I said, I, I think there's a lot of conversations that need to be had there and, and I'm sure those will happen in, in time. Appreciate you digging into that. You know, and one thing that's always been impressive from afar is trying to represent, you know, hundreds of high schools from division one to division four people are, you know, sending that feedback up the chain, um, you know, to, to the executive board and, and to you and for you to be able to communicate and see outside of, 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 like you said, maybe your selfish needs as a program, but also, you know, understanding where people are coming from. That's, that's huge. I, I did want to transition back to you um, coaching now. And you mentioned a few things that, that sparked uh, a thought for me, you know, you've won a tremendous amount of games. You've won, you know, a certain amount of uh, conference championships, state tournament. Like, as you think about what makes up a championship team, what are the attributes of championship teams and the ones you've been a part of? Yeah, you know, um, one of the biggest things I think is is that, and it, a lot of these are going to be the cliches, but I, I think they're so important, is um, belief in yourself. I, I think any team, you, you have to have, you got to believe that one, you belong and believe that you can do it. Um, it's, it's amazing what the power that that holds with, with teams and with kids. I mean, if high school kids that truly think they can accomplish something and if they truly buy in and believe it, um, you know, you'd be amazed at, at, at what you can see and what can, what can happen. And I mean, I'll, I'll use a personal experience and this wasn't even one that I coached the team directly, but we had a, a junior Legion team here just a couple of years ago. Um, who as a, as a JV team and, and even throughout our junior Legion season, um, they had kind of an average year and, and we play, we, we play in a tough league and our summer schedule is tough. You know, you're playing good teams and, uh, we definitely took our lumps and, uh, but you know, you, you, you get to tournament time and, you know, we were in a regional with, you know, teams like Prairie du Chien and Proqua and, you know, Fenimore are good teams, um, but you got a chance, you know, it's, it's a clean slate. It starts from scratch to come tournament time. And, you know, we looked at our regional and, and I'll be honest, I, I don't know that we had even um, beaten any of the teams at all in our regional throughout spring or summer. Um, you know, so we, we got the kids together and we just kind of laid it out and we, we pumped them up and just, we, we kind of took on the approach of, Hey, why not us? You know, they had definitely shown some improvement and things like that, but we, we kind of did the, you know, played the underdog role and let's, let's go in and, and shock the world. And, um, you know, kind of, we, we really played into it just to try to build up their confidence and hoping that, Hey, maybe they can go in and, and make something happen because they had shown some signs of getting better. And, um, you know, and, and all of a sudden you could just see you know, a couple practices leading up that there, a little bit of swagger and, and there's, you know, and, in their play and in, in their approach and you could see their confidence boost and uh, uh, not even kidding. They, they went through and they, 
and won the regional and made the state tournament. And it was just, it was incredible. And it was, I mean, yeah, their skills had developed from the time they started in the spring and they had gotten better. But what was the difference maker is they went in and they, they thought they could do it. They, and once they went in and won that first game, it was like, you could just see it. Like these guys are going to do it. And uh, what, what a great feeling, you know, but anyway, it's, it's that just my example of, of just the power of positive thinking. Um, I, I think as a champion, you've got to, you, you got to persevere. You got to have a lot of perseverance. Um, baseball is such a hard game, you know, a game built on failure, right? I mean, you, your, your greatest hitters failed seven out of 10 times, right? We've all heard that one. And, um, but you know, you're going to have adversity, uh, not even just through the season, but through the game. And, uh, to, you're always, you know, to, to be a champion, you're going to have to beat some, some other good teams on the way. And you're going to have to be able to battle through that, that, you know, those challenges that you face and, uh, to have, to be able to persevere through that obviously is, is so critical. Um, and I, and I think, you know, again, in using, the same cliches. I mean, you got to be disciplined. You got to work hard. Um, you know, hard work is going to build your skills and improve your skills. But um, it's, well, you know, a lot of people say, uh, and, and it, there's truth in it. You know, if to win a championship, you got you got to be good, but you you got also got to be lucky. Um, and people say, oh, you know, we that did, we we couldn't catch a break there. You know, things didn't fall our way. We couldn't catch a break. And I'm just a believer. And you know. I don't know if you, you get a break or do you make a break? You know, you, you, you don't wait for that luck to come to you. You, you create the opportunity to take advantage of an opportunity. And that's, I believe it. I think you make your breaks. I don't, you know, if you sit and wait for them, they're never going to come. Um, and, and I think that's the luck factor that we talk about because you do, you know, they would say, Oh, the ball didn't bounce our way today. Well, you know, what did you do to, to help, with that and help make that happen and um yeah so yeah to me being positive persevering through and 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 taking on the challenges and battling through the adversity and just a lot of hard work and discipline well i I appreciate that and just let that an hour went by so i will um i'll ask you one more question this is where I, i turn off the mic and just let you kind of end this thing. So take whatever time you want, but it's that million dollar question, right? The Brian K million dollar question. Like, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started coaching some of those lessons along the way? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things that I've learned um, over time is the importance of the mental component. Um, you know, referring back to what we had just talked about and, and how challenging and how difficult baseball is, um, Cause it's a hard game. It's, it's a game based on, you know, like we said, based on, on, on failure and in being able to overcome that. And, um, it's trying, it's, it's hard, you know, it, it, it's hard for professional athletes, you know, and, and, and we're dealing with, with high school athletes, um, with so much on their plate. And, uh, and, and I, I think early on in my career, I, I, I definitely did not give enough, um, attention to that and and to play that part um and and to understand the mental component to it and and the challenges that go with it and to help kids and help them you know we talked about me filling my toolbox you help them fill their toolbox with strategies um 
to do those things that we said are needed for a championship team. You know, give them the tools to mentally persevere and to, you know, mentally have that positive attitude. Um, so yeah, the, the, the mental component is, is definitely something that um, I wish I, I would have known a little bit more of early on. Um, definitely, I think it could have helped me, you know, reach some kids and help them, um, you know, early on in my career and something that we, we definitely do a little bit more with now. Um, you know, the other thing is I, I look at, you know, if you're somebody starting out, you know, you don't know it all and you never will. And I'll tell you, as soon as you, you as soon as you think you have all the answers, then I guess maybe that's the time that, um, to step away because it's, you need to be a learner, um, and, and you need to be involved. Um, and I think that is so important. Um, I think as, as a young coach, you know, I probably came in thinking, um, you know, you know, everything I'm out of college and, you know, my first year, I mean, I, I mean, this just doesn't happen, but my, my first year, 1997, we, we end up in the state championship against Hortonville and you're like, Oh, Oh, this was, that wasn't bad. This was nice, but you know, it, it took time to obviously kind of appreciate what you had accomplished, you know, but um, a lot of times we come in thinking that we have to know it all. Um, and, you know, the, the reality is um, we don't and we won't, um, you know, we always want to be learning. We want to be involved and, and trying to, to grow and progress as, as not just coaches, but just as, as people. Um, and, you know, the other thing I would say, um, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, as, as a head coach, we all know that there's a lot of things. You got a lot of, lot of things on your plate. Um, and, and we get so bogged down in the administrative parts of, of everything. Um, and there's so many ways and easy ways to be distracted. But to keep the primary focus on coaching baseball and take care of your players, take care of your coaches, um, you know, because it's, it's easy to get caught up in the rest of it because it's all there, but you know what, it'll get done. Um, and, uh, you know, keep your focus on the most important part, which are your players and your program and making sure you provide them with, with the best baseball experience that you can. Um, I, I think that's, that's so valuable. And the, the final thing I guess I would say is, you know, if, if you're a young coach building a program, and, and I've learned this, I've gotten better at it. Um, I mentioned before, you know, you want to surround yourself with co coaches that share your values and your goals and your expectations um, and that make you better. But use your assistant coaches. I've been blessed to have tremendous assistant coaches and, uh, and let, them, let them coach. You know, they're there for a reason. Let them coach, let them do your job, do, do, do their job, which is going to help you do your job um, even better. So, um, yeah, that's, that's probably a lot. And I guess in 27 years, I've learned a lot, but I, I also know I got a, lot, a long ways to go. And I got, I'm learning every day, um, every team, every kid that I work with um, is a chance to grow and progress. So. And there it is. Huge thank you goes out to John Hamilton for stepping uh, up on the microphone with us today, taking time out of his busy schedule. Um, again, just baseball would not be where it is today without John, um, the executive board, 
guys who serve and volunteer their time and just men like him across the state. So really excited to get that out. Um, you know, like I said, you know, now we're transitioning to the, uh, the Scott Stoudy era and, you know, with, with Mel, um, leading the WIA portion of baseball here, we've been able to make a lot of movements here, uh, for 2023 and beyond, and just really excited to see where those things go. Uh, on a side note, this is coming out Friday, uh, February 17th, 2023 in service day here at school. So I'm spending my lunch break. Um, but more importantly, Division One men's baseball opens up this weekend. I am a baseball, college baseball junkie. Um, we have so many kids across the state that are playing. Um, you know, selfishly, kid from Menominee Falls, Luke Noax, getting a start today for East Carolina, uh, number 12 ranked team in the country. I just am so stoked to go watch that level of baseball. So if you're looking for a team to root for, ECU, Noax got an absolute chip on his shoulder. Tough kid. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> Tune in. Best baseball, in my opinion, in the country um, is at the amateur level, at the, at the collegiate level. And, um, you know, if you get a chance to go to Omaha, I went for the first time last year and it, an unbelievable experience. Anyways, I probably lost you by now, but if I didn't, thank you for tuning in. Thank you to John Hamilton from Westby and all he's done. And uh, we'll see you next episode. Thank you.